Thank you. Inspiration, where does it come from? Several of you have asked me this, in this on, on this wonderful weekend that we're here, and I have to say that, that I don't know where it comes from, or perhaps it comes from everywhere. If you look at the word inspiration, it comes from the root inspire, to breathe in, and I think that all of us here know that somehow the ideas that we get come from all of life. You breathe it in and then you try to give it back. And so the poems that I'm going to be reading to you tonight have gotten their inspiration from topics as varied as math, people watching, history, children's books, and jazz, and our bodies. Let me begin with a poem that my daughter asked me to read. She's 11 years old. I made her do flashcards when the time came. I hated them, and she said, why did you make me do them? And I said, there are some things in life that you can't learn any other way. So this is my apology to her. Flashcards. In math, I was the whiz kid, keeper of oranges and apples. What you don't understand, master, my father said, the faster I answered, the faster they came. I could see one bud on the teacher's geranium, one clear bee sputtering at the wet pane. The tulip trees always dragged after heavy rain, so I tucked my head as my boots slapped home. My father put up his feet after work and relaxed with a highball and the life of Lincoln. After supper, we drilled, and I climbed the dark before sleep, before a thin voice hissed numbers as I spun on a wheel. I had to guess. Ten, I kept saying. I'm only ten. The thing about flashcards is that they keep coming at you, sort of like life, right? My... Um, Susan Sheehan asked me to read this next poem, and it also features my daughter, but at a younger age, when she's three. And there's an epigraph to this poem from Marie Sendak's wonderful children's book, Mickey in the Night Kitchen. You know when children are two or three, what they love to do is to have you read something to them over and over and over again. And you better do it exactly the same every time. After reading Mickey in the Night Kitchen for the third time before bed. I'm in the milk, and the milk's in me. I'm Mickey. My daughter spreads her legs to find her vagina. Hairless, this mistaken bit of nomenclature is what a stranger cannot touch without her yelling. She demands to see mine, and momentarily we're a lopsided star among the spilled toys, my prodigious scallops exposed to her neat cameo. And yet the same glazed tunnel, layered sequences. She is three. That makes this innocent. We're pink, she shrieks and bounds off. 
Every month she wants to know where it hurts and what the wrinkled string means between my legs. This is good blood, I say, but that's wrong too. How to tell her that it's what makes us black mother, cream child, that we're in the pink and the pink's in us. Thank you. The canary is not only that bird in the gilded cage, but it's also a term used for the female vocalist in a jazz or blues ensemble. And this poem is um, dedicated to Billie Holiday. Canaries are also the birds the miners took down into the caves, if you remember, for poison gas leaks. And if the bird would die, then they know that the mine was not safe for men. Canary. Billie Holiday's burned voice had as many shadows as lights. A mournful candelabra against a sleek piano, the gardenia her signature under that ruined face. Now you're cooking, drummer to bass, magic spoon, magic needle. Take all day if you have to with your mirror and your bracelet of song. Fact is, the invention of women under siege has been to sharpen love in the service of myth. If you can't be free, be a mystery. In Paris, the municipal sport is to watch people and it's not only to watch them, but also to be able to bear up under the pressure of a gaze. And those that do it best, I think, are those women from the islands, from the, col the former colonies, Martinique, Réunion, Guadeloupe. They not only know how to strut their stuff, but they know how to stand and be admired. The island women of Paris skim from curb to curb like regatta, from Pont Neuf to the Quai de la Rappe in cool negotiation with traffic, each a country to herself, transposed to this city by a fluke called imperial courtesy. The island women glide past, held aloft by a wire running straight to heaven. Who can ignore their ornamental bearing? Turbans haughty as parrots, or deft braids carved into airy cages transfixed on their manifest brows. The island women move through Paris as if they had just finished inventing their destinations. It's better not to get in their way, and better not look an island woman in the eye, unless you like feeling unnecessary. Thank you. And, and finally, this last poem is based on a historical event, a rather bizarre occurrence that happened in 1937 in the Dominican Republic. The dictator at that time was General Rafael Trujillo. And on this particular day in October, he ordered 20,000 Haitian blacks to be executed. The Haitians would come across the border and work side by side with the Dominicans in the cane fields. 
And the only way he had to tell them from, to distinguish the Haitians from the Dominicans, was that the Haitians spoke a Spanish in which they did not roll their R's because of the French and the Creole. They, instead of a, a rolled R, it came out as an L. So he chose a Spanish word. He chose the Spanish word for parsley and had each worker come up and say this word. And those who, who said it with an L in, a, in effect had pronounced their own death sentence. This fact was, this, this, this modern day shibboleth was so overwhelming that it took me about three years to write the poem. And I think that it behooves all of us to remember that evil is not stupid, that evil can be creative. And we must never, we must never take evil for granted or else it'll get the better of us. The poem is in two parts and each part has a title. Parsley, the cane fields. There is a parrot imitating spring in the palace, its feathers parsley green. Out of the swamp the cane appears to haunt us and we cut it down. El General searches for a word. He is all the world there is. Like a parrot imitating spring, we lie down screaming as rain punches through, and we come up green. We cannot speak an R. Out of the swamp, the cane appears, and then the mountain we call in whispers, Catalina. The children gnaw their teeth to arrowheads. There is a parrot imitating spring. El General has found his word, Perajil. Who says it lives? He laughs, teeth shining out of the swamp. The cane appears in our dreams, lashed by wind and streaming. And we lie down. For every drop of blood, there is a parrot imitating spring. Out of the swamp, the cane appears. The palace. The word the general's chosen is parsley. It is fall when thoughts turn to love and death. The general thinks of his mother, how she died in the fall, and he planted her walking cane at the grave, and it flowered, each spring stolidly forming four-star blossoms. The general pulls on his boots. He stomps to her room in the palace, the one without curtains, the one with a parrot in a brass ring. As he paces, he wonders, who can I kill today? And for a moment, the little knot of screams is still. The parrot, who has traveled all the way from Australia in an ivory cage, is coy as a widow, practicing spring. Ever since the morning, his mother collapsed in the kitchen while baking skull-shaped candies for the day of the dead. The general has hated sweets. He orders pastries brought up for the bird. They arrive dusted with sugar on a bed of lace. The knot in his throat starts to twitch. He sees his boots the first day in battle, splashed with mud and urine as a soldier falls at his feet amazed. How stupid he looked at the sound of artillery. I never thought it would sing, the soldier said and died. Now the general sees the fields of sugar cane lashed by rain and streaming. 
He sees his mother's smile, the teeth nod to arrowheads. He hears the Haitians sing without R's as they swing the great machetes. Catalina, they sing. Catalina, mi madre, mi amor en muerte. God knows his mother was no stupid woman. She could roll an R like a queen. Even a parrot can roll an R. In the bare room, the bright feathers arch in a parody of greenery as the last pale crumbs disappear under the blackened tongue. Someone calls out his name in a voice so like his mother's. A startled tear splashes the tip of his right boot. My mother, my love in death. The general remembers the tiny green sprigs men of his village wore in their capes to honor the birth of a son. He will order many this time to be killed for a single beautiful word. Thank you. <laughs>